Welcome, folks, to The Catholic Foodie Show. I'm Jeff Young, your host, The Catholic Foodie. So glad to be with you today. We are in this wonderful month of October. I love this month. You know, I just can't, I can't help it. I don't know. There's something about it. Although, uh, yesterday, my, uh, my uh, what, 15-month-old spent the entire day in a bikini. <laughs> Cute little baby in her bikini all day long. You know, just uh, hanging out all over town, basically. I uh, went, went uh, shopping with my wife and uh, went and got coffee and uh, she was all over town and my wife got some pics of that. I mean, it's really kind of funny, you know, uh, in some places, it, it's in the, in the States right now, it's in the 30s, but not in South Louisiana. No, no, indeed. Uh, it is, uh, well, it's been kind of cool in the evenings and the mornings, but it's still in the 80s um, during the day. And, uh, you know, hey, 80s, that's not so bad. We were in the 90s for quite a while this summer. So the 80s are not so bad, but you can find pictures of that little bikini, a little bitty baby in the bikini, uh, all over uh, Instagram and uh, in Facebook. Just check out Catholic Foodie on Instagram, on Facebook, and on Twitter. You'll catch a site there. Kind of funny, you know, in October, you know you're in South Louisiana when, <laughs> when you're walking around town in your bikini, in October. <laughs> Isn't that great? Well, I love the month of October. I mentioned this last week. You know, I wanted to remind you of a few things, a few reasons why I love this month so much. And this really the season, the season of fall. Fall is, for me, it's always been, since I was a kid, my favorite time of the year. And uh, last week, I had two shows in particular that I want to remind you that are there. If you haven't heard them yet, you can find them over at catholicfoodie.com. All the shows that I do here on Breadbox Media are archived and available as podcasts, both at breadboxmedia.com, but also at catholicfoodie.com. So you, you have no excuse. You can always find it, right? You can always, always find me. I'm always around. <laughs> so last week I had two shows uh, that I did where, uh, the, just about the month, right? About the, the, the season of fall. The first one, and I don't want to kind of remind you of this too, is we have a, a, a festival, not really a festival, it's just a, a feast, a feast that's coming up. Uh, it's going to be next week, next Thursday, October 20th. That is uh, the Chefs to Watch, Louisiana Chefs to Watch. It's an outreach of uh, Louisiana Cooking Magazine. You can find out more about that at louisianacooking.com. Remember, there's no G in cooking. It's Louisiana Cooking uh, Magazine. And uh, that, that is a, a wonderful uh, event. Uh, we had uh, Chef Ruby Block uh, from Cavan on the show last week and Caitlin Watsky from Louisiana Cooking Magazine. That was a fun show, folks. If you didn't catch that, you need to go back and listen. That was great. Um, we were on location at a restaurant in New Orleans on Magazine Street. A lot of fun. You could hear the, the noise there in the background. Great discussion about this event uh, called... Chefs to Watch is Louisiana Chefs to Watch, 2016, uh, Louisiana Cooking Magazine, and uh, that that event, the the big dinner, is going to be next Thursday on the 20th, and that is um, it's a six course meal, and there's a wine paired with each uh, course, and it's just a wonderful time. If you are in or plan to be in and around New Orleans uh, next week, it'd be great to uh, to see you there. My wife and I'll be there. 
you can go to louisianacooking.com to find out more information. I've got direct links, by the way, in the show notes over at catholicfoodie.com. I try to make it as easy as possible for you. You know, don't want you hurting yourself having to go search for all these links, right? Uh, another thing that I wanted to point out, another show that I did last week that I thought was just very pertinent to the month, to the season of fall, was uh, the show I did last Thursday. It was with uh, Jessica Mesman Griffith and Jonathan Ryan. Uh, great conversation. Great conversation about their blog and general Catholic weird outreach known as Sick Pilgrim. Sick Pilgrim. You can find them on Patheos. Uh, the Sick Pilgrim. Fun stuff. You know, we, you need to check it out, too, on Facebook. You can find them on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter as well. Just for, search for uh, Sick Pilgrim. And, you know, they've been sharing a lot of great stuff the last uh, several days, actually the last couple of weeks uh, in October here. A lot of stuff that I think pertains to the season. Resources, right? Books, movies, TV series. <laughs> you know, they, they've uh, they've turned me on to some great uh TV shows, uh, TV series in the past. Uh, I'm thinking of Daredevil on Netflix, Stranger Things. Oh my goodness! I mean, the strangest things about Stranger Things is the fact that there's only eight episodes in a season, right? I mean, I can't, cannot, I just can't fathom that. That that's, oh, it went by so fast. That's the problem. Went by so fast. Anyway, they're sharing a lot of great things over there, just with fall in general. Some of those themes, of course, Halloween plays a part in that, which is a Ancient, right? It, 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 Halloween is, is a very Catholic uh, uh, celebration. I know today uh, it seems like it's been hijacked, you know, by the secular world and, and other kind of worlds too. Uh, but, but ultimately, there's a really Christian message there. And I think that, you know, it's, the, it's, it's all Hallow's Eve, right? It's, it's the, the Eve of, uh, of the Feast of All Saints. And there's something there that we can't not, we cannot let go of. We've, we've got to hold on to it. So they have some uh, great uh, resources that they're sharing, uh, books, uh, movies, and TV series on Sick Pilgrim uh, on the blog there. And you can find it also on Facebook and, and Twitter and Instagram. I, I, I appreciate it. Tremendously, I've already uh, picked up a couple of books because some of the books are older, right? And, and some of you can find even for free, like on you know Amazon or maybe for ninety nine cents, or you, if you have Kindle Unlimited and you can read like you know Unlimited, you can get it for free. Uh, a lot of good stuff that you can find. Again, just search for Sick Pilgrim. Uh, they've got some good things going on. Now today I've got a special treat for you. I always seem to somehow miraculously have a special treat for you. And uh, today we'll be talking about something called mindfulness and not just any old kind of mindfulness. We're talking about Catholic mindfulness. In the second segment of the show, Dr. Greg Batero will be joining us from the Catholic Psych Institute up in New York. Uh, he's going to be talking about this thing called Catholic mindfulness. And apparently, you know, he, he had an article that was in, uh, it was on alatea.com. Com, I believe. Let me pull that up. Now, see, I lost my place because I can only do one thing at a time. Where did I put that? There we go. It's .org, .org, Alatea. Uh, by the way, if you can't spell that, don't worry. Most people can't. Uh, we'll have a, a link, again, a link in the show notes over at catholicfoodie.com. Great website, by the way. Great source of news inspiration, uh, information, and encouragement, uh, all uh, 
in the Catholic world there, alatea.org, is just impossible to spell or pronounce. So uh, I will have a link in the show notes for you to this article that came out, I believe it was the 10th, October 10th, uh, Gregory Bataro, uh, uh, Dr. Gregory Bataro uh, of the Catholic Psych Institute in New York. Uh, the title of it is How to Practice Catholic Mindfulness. And the subtitle is, is good. It says, it sounds new agey, but learning how to be really present is actually more Christian than anything else. And I, I love this. Uh, matter of fact, uh, part of our discussion that, that uh, we're going to get into today, we're going to be talking about a course, a new course that uh, Dr. Bataro is uh, uh, presenting. He's doing it live. It's, it's actually, you know, at a place up, I believe, in Connecticut. Uh, but in addition to that, it's also available online. So you can actually participate as it's being given. And this is something that a friend turned me on to, and, uh, and I have uh, uh, signed up for this course. I'm, I'm actually taking the course right now because I need to be more mindful. I know that uh, too many times in my life, day to day, every day, too many times I go from point A to point B and I have no idea how I got there, right? I mean, it, it, it's just, I think our world today, uh, it, it helps us to be less mindful, right? It, it wants us to be kind of mindless in a way. Uh, and so it, has, it takes effort. And if you're like me and you want to grow in prayer and you want to grow in the spiritual life, uh, that's something that, of course, we need God's grace, absolutely, 100%. Uh, nothing happens without God's grace. He is uh, the first, right, the first mover, the, the unmoved mover. He, he starts it all. Uh, matter of fact, we cannot even love God without God giving us the ability to do so, right? So it, it all comes from grace, but at the same time, we do have to take those steps, right? We got to take our, we got to make some effort here. And we hear these great things in the gospel about trusting in divine providence and don't worry about anything, right? Be not afraid. The great, the great uh, uh, clarion call of, of Pope John Paul II echoing the gospels, of course, echoing Jesus, right? Be not afraid. And yet how often in your life are you afraid? I, I know I'm afraid quite a bit. You know, how, how often are, are you uh, uh, fretful and worried because of whatever's happening in your life? I, I know I'm the same way. And so the gospel's here calling us to trust in divine providence, but it ain't so easy, right? I mean, that's that's the, the problem. That's what we're trying to uh, work on, what we're trying to uh, figure out here. So we're going to have Dr. Uh, Greg uh, Batero join us in just a bit uh, we're coming up on a break here, and when we come back from the break, he'll be joining us to talk about Catholic mindfulness and also uh, this, this the, in general, but also the course Catholic mindfulness that he is uh, conducting right now. And we'll extend an invitation to you. I will tell you this before we go to break, that in the show notes over at catholicfoodie.com, if you do want to uh, sign up for this course, uh, you can. I'm going to have a link in the show notes at catholicfoodie.com. If you click on that link, doesn't cost you a penny more but it does help out the Catholic foodie. So uh, that's something to consider. And, uh, you know, you are listening right now to the Catholic Foodie Show on Breadbox Media. I am your host, Jeff Young, the Catholic Foodie, and we do have to take a break, but we'll be back in just a minute. Welcome back to the Catholic Foodie Show. I'm Jeff Young, your host, the Catholic Foodie here on Breadbox Media. So glad that you are uh, with me today. I'm I'm very happy to be able to join you today. This is um, 
an exciting month for me, as, as I've already mentioned. We have a lot going on. But I wanted to uh, share with you today a new resource that I came across. A friend of mine pointed me in this direction, as I mentioned last segment, and, and I wanted to share this with you. We have a guest joining us today. Dr. Gregory Batero is joining us from New York. So, you see, I'm down here in New Orleans, and you're up there in New York. Dr. Batero, welcome to the Catholic Foodie Show. Thanks so much. It's starting to get cold up here, so I think I'd like to tri- take a trip down there to visit you. <laughs> well, I tell you, it's it's um it's been pretty nice down here. This is unusual, you know. We 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 tend to have like a hundred percent humidity almost year round, and uh you know we had un unseasonably, I guess I'd say, uh, heat this summer. It was just so so hot. So right now, with this past week, we've had you know evenings in in the sixties, and that's been very nice. Very nice. Oh, that's that's great. <laughs> but Dr. Batero, I wanted to have you on the show today. You have something right now uh, that's available, a, a resource that that I am personally taking uh, advantage of, and I've, I've just found it to be such a uh, a helpful thing. I wanted to introduce it to a wider audience here, the Catholic Foodie, uh, called Catholic Mindfulness. And maybe before we get into that, though, you should probably uh, say a little bit more about who you are and what you do. Sure, sure. As you said, Dr. Greg Bataro here. I'm a director for the Catholic Psych Institute, and um, so that started in Manhattan uh, in 2012. And um, since then, we've branched out, and so we have locations across Connecticut and New York. And um, and actually, we see a lot of people online. So about half of our, uh, you know, client um, uh, registers is from all around the world. And so we get to work with people in a lot of different places. Uh, we have uh, five therapists now working for the Catholic Psych Institute and, um, you know, just constantly growing the, the need in the church for, uh, for trustworthy Catholic psychology and therapy is, is huge. And so we really can't sign therapists up, up fast enough to meet the demand. Um, and so that's basically what we do. We provide therapy that is in line with church teaching on the human person. Uh, so it's grounded in Catholic philosophy and theology, uh, you know, a solid anthropology and, and Catholic understanding of the person. And, and the, the, the belief there is, you know, if we understand who God created us to be, then we have a model of true health. And that's the only way we could ever really understand what disorder or disease or lack of health looks like. And it's really kind of crazy to try to go about it any other way. It's like, you know, a heart surgeon trying to perform surgery without knowing what a heart is supposed to do and what it's supposed to look like. <laughs> so we, right. we've, we've developed this, uh, this understanding of, of psychology and therapy through this lens of understanding first the, the true nature of who God calls us to be. And then it helps us to, uh, to assess where a person is and how to get them back on path, on track towards that uh, true goal of flourishing. And that's, you know, I, I have a history, My I'm well, former seminarian, I've got a degree in uh, uh, theology, and I taught high school for a long time. So, I, you know, teaching high school, I used to talk about, uh, you know, creation, go back to Genesis, you know, that, that it's this revelation of God that shows us what, you know, who we are, who God is, and what this world's all about. You know, and it's almost like that has to be the, the stepping the stepping off point, right? Because that's that's the bedrock, and that's exactly yeah. what you're talking yeah. about. Going back to a solid anthropology. Yeah, that's got to be step one. Got to be step one. And part of what you are doing in your outreach uh, there at the Catholic Psych Institute is um, is this this course, and also I think other resources that you have available. But this course in particular on 
Catholic mindfulness. And, you know, when I first, I, I've, I've been familiar with that term mindfulness. I've heard about it before, but probably not in the same context as, as what I had been introduced to in, in the course. Uh, because I know for a fact, many, many times I'm not mindful. <laughs> Most of the time, matter of fact, I, I kind of go on autopilot. I'm, I'm gone. Matter of fact, it happens a lot when I when I sit down to pray or 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 go to kneel Absolutely. and pray. Right, all of a sudden I'm, you know, 45 minutes goes by or 15 minutes goes by, and I have no idea what happened. So I was very intrigued by uh, by this course, by this resource, and uh, I would love for you to share a little bit more about that with us. Sure, absolutely. Well, you know, what I found is that a lot of the work of therapy is is a is a kind of re-education of of people's ideas of themselves, of life, of love, of relationships, and and so if there's a if there's a re-education happening there, where we're correcting errors and lies that have been taught through, you know, past experiences, families of origin, past relationships, things like that, you know, maybe uh, I could boil down some of what I do in therapy into an actual course. And so uh, I, I launched the Catholic Psych Academy, and the Catholic Mindfulness course is the first offering of the Catholic Psych Academy. And so what we're doing is taking this idea of mindfulness. Now, mindfulness is definitely all the rage now. It's, it's all over the place. And there's a lot of misperception and um, uh, misunderstanding of what mindfulness is. So part of the course is really breaking down a lot of those misperceptions and boiling it down to the, the core of what, first of all, what mindfulness actually is, and then showing how it actually is um, very um, compatible with the Catholic spirituality. And so, you know, the first step is to show how it's not Buddhist or, or Eastern spirituality. And that's what a lot of people think of it as. So um, mindfulness in itself, as it was created in 1979 by John Kabat-Zinn, who happens to be a Buddhist and who brought some of his experience as a Buddhist into the picture, um, was, but it was created as a secular, non-religious, non-spiritual mental exercise, which helped his patients at the UMass Medical Center deal with chronic pain that they were suffering. And he researched this and found that there was incredible results, very significant data that showed the correlation between an eight-week program of practicing mindfulness and the significant reduction in chronic pain. Uh, and so then he spent the, the you know the last thirty-five years um, drawing out from that many applications, and so he's shown that there's a reduction in anxiety disorders and mood disorders. So it helps people to come out of depression. Um, it, it actually leads to the uh, the the um, the lack of a need for for medication, where it seems that sometimes medication is the only possibility for hope uh, for for alleviating some of these symptoms. So uh, so this is pretty incredible stuff that the research is turning out. It's pretty consistent. So no matter who's doing the research, they're finding over and over that these mindfulness practices are incredibly effective at healing the disorders of the brain and the, and the thinking patterns that lead to disorders. Uh, and so I set out as a, as a psychologist to, um, you know, not be afraid of the, you know, the mark of some kind of, you know, Eastern spirituality or something like that to really plumb the depths of what is this really, not just what do people say it is or think about it, but let me figure out what's really at the core. And by doing so discover that again, A, it's not spiritual in itself, and as it turns out, it's very similar to the spirituality that I've been practicing myself 
something that uh, I didn't mention, but I, I started off before as a psychologist, spending almost four years as a Franciscan friar. And so I was for f- almost four years in temporary vows uh, with the Friars of the Renewal up here mm-hmm. in New York. Awesome. And my own spirituality, which included a daily holy hour and praying the liturgy of the hours and, and uh, you know, hours of meditative prayer during the day, included aspects of, of um, mental exercise that were very similar to what I then learned was actually mindfulness. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I set out to do about a year and a half ago, to bring these things together and figure out how to integrate them and bring our faith into this practice. And I, I find it so helpful and just so beautiful. I was excited when I first heard about the course because, you know, some of the um, some of the the influences, I guess, that I've had in my life that have been powerful. You know, I mean, Saint Therese of Lisieux, uh, the Gospel call itself to to just being at peace and, and trust in divine providence. Um, uh, there was a, a, a priest, uh, De Cossade, who wrote the the book uh, Surrender to Divine Providence. Uh, Brother Lawrence and the the practice of the presence of God, you know, being in the present moment, all these things were uh, foundational, I think, for me as I was young in my faith and trying to grow and trying to understand God's call in my life and 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 in what I was, how I was going to respond to that. Um, and yet, I felt like uh, I was always stumbling. You know, it's like I, I would start a little bit. I'd get excited. I'd read a book about, you know, like to practice the presence of God. I'd get started and, you know, two weeks into it or maybe two months into it, all of a sudden it's like it gets lost. You know, it's kind of like the uh, the mountaintop experience that you have sometimes on retreat. and Everything's wonderful. And then you get home and about a week or so later, it's like the retreat never happened. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, exactly. And so to, the, you're, you're actually taking uh, a very practical technique or, or a bunch of techniques uh, to increase mindfulness that also helps us really to incorporate the more spiritual or, or spirituality, Catholic spirituality, put that into practice into our daily lives. Absolutely. And, and you know, the problem is that we've been trained from the earliest years, from the first days of school uh, and all the way up to not be in what's called the being mind. And so, uh, you know, we get into what's called the doing mind, and that is this autopilot where we're solving problems, we're rushing through, we're critical thinking, and we set ourselves up to see the world around us as a series of problems to solve. And if we make a mistake, we, we need to go back and we ruminate on those mistakes and we figure out how we could have done something differently. Or if we have a difficult conversation or meeting coming up, we try to play through all the different scenarios and come up with all the best solutions. And these are all ways that we're trying to stay in control of our lives. And we're taught that from the earliest years. And so we develop deeply embedded patterns and habits of thinking. And the way patterns of thinking physiologically is that there are neural pathways that are ingrained. Yes. And, 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 and I can... We are going to have to take a break. I needed to, to stop you right there. We do need to take a break, uh, but we're going to be back in, in just a minute. Uh, you are listening to The Catholic Foodie Show here on Breadbox Media. I'm Jeff Young, your host. Don't go away. We'll be back in just a minute. Welcome back to The Catholic Foodie Show. I'm Jeff Young, your host, The Catholic Foodie. So glad to be with you today. And we are continuing our discussion here with Dr. Greg Patero 
uh, of the Catholic Psych Institute and also uh, the Catholic Psych Academy uh, with a new course that is out called Catholic Mindfulness. You know, before the, the break, Dr. Patera, you were telling us about how we get kind of, I don't know, stuck in, in a sense. We have these patterns that we develop uh, from early on and, and sometimes we kind of get stuck in that and yet mindfulness gives us a method or a way to, to change that. Yeah, absolutely. So you're you're uh, you're talking about the how how hard it is. We read a book or we go on a retreat and we have this experience, and then we come back and we get back into real life, and and we almost forget everything that we had learned. And that's because we're fighting against these habits that have been ingrained. And there's actually neurological changes that are happening, which are the root of those habits. So in order to take that retreat experience that mountaintop experience that you know you read de Cassad's book and you're going to surrender divine providence and you know you can trust the father but then a week later you're stressing out about you know the bills or the a meeting or getting lost on the way to some place or you know some difficult conversation with an in-law and so the, the point of catholic mindfulness is to be able to take our faith you know, where we say that we believe God takes care of us, he's the father who's the creator of the universe, he's omnipotent and all-loving, and therefore we have nothing to worry about, and to implement that into a way that becomes practical and lived out, even in the emotional way that we live out our day-to-day life. And that's a connection that's, that we need to make. That's a bridge that we need to build between our spiritual life and our practical life. And so Catholic Mindfulness introduces a, a series of exercises that in themselves are not spiritual, but again, we can ground them in that spiritual context and understand that we are safe. We don't need to feel like we're uh, solving problems and putting out fires and protecting ourselves from inevitable destruction if we're not in control ourselves because the Father loves us and takes care of us. That is the heart of that spirituality of abandonment to divine providence or the practice of the presence of God. Or uh, there's a newer book now called uh, Searching for Maintaining Peace by mm-hmm. Father Jacques Philippe. Sorry. And it's uh, very similar in, in, in that spirituality that's there. I know. It, it's beautiful. And it's, you know, very inspirational. And I do, I have that experience of um, yeah, reading these books, you know, whether going to the Adoration Chapel and spending some time in quiet prayer and, and spiritual reading or, or in the mornings with my coffee and, and saying some prayers. And um, I see the value of it. And it's like I desire it. I want it, you know. Uh, and then something small happens, you know, like somebody spills the milk or somebody burns dinner, or, you know, you have those kind of the hiccups of life that all of a sudden, just like you said, it's like, boom, right back to uh, getting upset about something where, hey, you know, just a couple hours ago when I was in prayer, drinking my coffee this morning, I was telling God that I trusted him for everything. And, and God could even seem so real at that moment, you know? And then all of a sudden, boom, right back into, the, uh, into those traps. So what is it, how do we actually go about um, taking the, you know, doing these exercises? What, what kind of things are we talking about? Well, so basically what it comes down to is this, uh, this idea of the practice of the present moment, which means that at any given time, you have your five senses, your physical senses communicating to your brain what's happening around you right now. And then we also have the sixth sense of our imagination, which is communicating to our brain other realities that are not necessarily tied to what's happening here and now. 
And we can decide when we exercise our muscle of focus where we put our attention, what we pay attention to. And when we pay attention to the present moment through our five senses, it turns out that most of the time, 99.99% of the time, we're actually safe. You know, so unless your house is on fire or you're in the middle of a car accident happening before you, you're, uh, you're, you're, you know, you're, you're going to be safe. And if you're paying attention to that safety, your brain operates in a safety mode. In, in other words, it's not in danger mode. Mm-hmm. However, with our imagination, we can create a reality where we're not really safe. And so we're creating this kind of dangerous or problematic situation that our brain will necessarily respond to. And so a good example of this is waking up in the middle of the night from a nightmare. So your your imagination has created a scenario in which you're actually in danger and you wake up in a cold sweat because your sympathetic nervous response kicked in and your body went into fight or flight mode simply because of what was presented to it by the imagination. And we can do that to ourselves to a, a lesser extent all day long when we're spending time in our imagination thinking through all these other problems in our life. Instead, we can learn to turn towards the five senses, which are instead communicating, what does this chair feel like that I'm sitting in right now? What does is, what is the, the sound sound like that I'm listening to right now? What does this tree look like that I'm looking at right now? And, you know, oftentimes we come back to the breath and a lot of these meditations or exercises um, because the breath is always with us and it's always moving. So it's, it's easier to pay attention to something that's sort of dynamic and shifting instead of just static. So how does this breath feel? There's nothing special about the breath. Just if, It's just another thing that stimulates those five senses. And when your brain is paying attention to something that's actually safe, not life-threatening to your bodily safety, then it doesn't activate that sympathetic nervous response and put you into that other kind of mindset. So this is got this is the heart of basically what mindfulness is. And again, we can trust that we are actually safe because we know the Father is taking care of us. So we integrate that deeper into our spirituality. And you know, a perfect example of how to use that, which uh, you know we haven't covered yet in the course, but um, in, the, in the next couple of weeks we'll talk about uh, mindful eating. Oh, yeah. And so actually, the way that you spend time with food. Is, is incredibly important to mindfulness. And so you think about the way that we usually shovel our food down and just rush <laughs> to the next you know, thing that we need to get to. But eating itself becomes a whole sensory experience when it's done appropriately. And, and one of the exercises of mindfulness is actually called the raisin exercise. And so you spend a couple minutes exploring a raisin with your five senses. And then you finally eat that raisin and uh, if you've done this one already, you can speak to the experience, but you taste that raisin, and it's unlike anything you've ever tasted before, because usually raisins are shoveled by the handful, you know, directly down the gullet, and we don't stop to even make sure it's actually a raisin we're eating, never mind what it smells like or looks like or tastes like. <laughs> that's right. That's right. It's, uh, I mean, it really, yeah, it, it's... One of the things I think that's very difficult today is just the, the, the outward stress that we have to, you know, to um, to go to the next thing. You know, it, it seems like it's constant. And, and I know I talk to a lot of moms and dads who are, you know, they've got kids at the house and they got to make dinner, but they also have after school activities and soccer practice and everything else. So it's very easy for us to get caught into that, 
you know, shoveling food down your throat because it's just, we got to get to the next thing. Um, so it really does take that decision, right, for us to, to step back, take those breaths, and, and to pay attention to what's going on. I love the, the raise and exercise. I haven't gotten there yet, <laughs> but I'm going to work on that one. Um, I, I can tell you that my experience prior to the course, even, um, is sometimes kind of counterintuitive, maybe, um, with the rosary. I love the rosary. I love pray, praying the rosary. But I could tell you that, thank, thank God I've read a lot of meditations on the mysteries over the years, because I really haven't really, you know, meditated on the mysteries a whole lot. My mind tends to wander. I tend to get lost in that. And so it's been, uh, for me, something that um, I've done out of necessity. I found that when I get worried about something or I'm, I'm um, nervous about something, that, that re- rep- repetitive prayer, the repetition of the prayers themselves has been very calming for me. And so instead of worrying about my mind drifting off, I tend to focus on the words and just just the words, and it doesn't matter how many Hail Marys I have to pray or whatever, but it's been like an attempt to, I guess that was the connection I made when I first heard about mindfulness, the, the course, because it, it was an experience that I've had before of trying to, to be present and to, to make that connection with, you know, where my feet are right now on the ground. But um, the raising exercise has got to be moving up on my list. <laughs> yeah, you're going to have to do that homework. <laughs> got to get good grades here, right? <laughs> Absolutely. So, but I think, you know, that's a great example, and it's definitely one that connects with a lot of Catholics. And I usually say, you know, how many times have you, you know, been in Mass, and you get to the homily, and, you know, you can't remember what the gospel was. He starts oh. talking about the homily, or this happened to me, you know, walking out of church, his wife will say, you know, what did you think of that homily? And I have to sit there and think back, did I even hear the homily? What was it? I can't remember, because... I wasn't paying attention. My mind was wandering. And so if you learn how to focus that muscle, you, it's, mindfulness is basically an exercise for the focus muscle. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the stronger it gets, the more you can, you can move it where you want it to be. So you can intentionally choose to pay attention at Mass and listen to the homily or intentionally choose. The rosary is a beautiful prayer that incorporates a lot of the senses. And that's why you're supposed to hold the beads and move from one to the next. And that's why you say those words out loud, really. You should pray the rosary out loud. Not that it's bad if you say it quietly to yourself, but, you know, to, to really engage in it. And then, uh, you know, it's not mindfulness per se. I talk about this in the course, the difference between mindfulness exercise versus an actual meditation. Mm-hmm. A lot of the secular uh, language calls mindfulness a meditation. As Catholics, we, we know what meditation really is, right. and that means when we're meditating on the mysteries of the rosary, for example. So, um, But mindfulness, mindfully per, uh, praying the rosary with our senses frees up our imagination to then enter deeply into the actual meditation of the, of the mysteries. And it, it lights up the rosary like nothing else. And That's so you can really pay attention. And for those, you know, those families and those, uh, those moms and dads out there that, that try to work on this stuff, they're constantly suffering with all of that. Yep. Oh, yeah. And I'm one of them. But we do have to take a quick break. We will be back. You're listening to the Catholic Foodie Show on Breadbox Media. I'm Jeff Young, your host. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Catholic Foodie Show. I'm Jeff Young, your host. So glad to be with you today. 
We're talking about mindfulness because, you know, many times, most of the time probably, I am uh, not mindful. I'm just going through the day and uh, checking things off my list and, 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 you know, whatever is coming my way, I'm trying to take care of it, whether it's uh, dealing with things at the office or uh, making preparations to do the show or, or cooking dinner for the family, whatever it may be, that those are the things that kind of take me away. And, and sometimes I'll look back on the day and think, well, what did I do today? <laughs> where, where was I? And so we're talking with Dr. Greg Botero today of the Catholic Psych Institute, the Catholic Psych Academy, uh, and the creator of and presenter of this course that we're talking about Catholic mindfulness, which uh, Dr. Botero, at the end of the last segment, you were saying that um, there's that difference between uh, meditation as a technique or as an exercise, right? And, and what we would know as a prayerful meditation or exercise. And one can be used to help the other, right? We could use that technique of being mindful in the present moment as a preparation to enter into uh, prayer. That's right. Yeah. Properly understood, we're practicing these mindful exercises, which then get us ready to really pray and meditate on the mysteries of the rosary or on scripture passages or even on the words of a, of a homily as a priest is, is uh, you know, preaching the gospel. Um, so, so these are ways that we can incorporate this exercise into our faith. And, you know, I find that this is really helpful because family life today is so frantic. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, I work with a lot of people from a lot of different walks of life. But what I, one thing that I find consistent amongst everyone is that nobody has time <laughs> for basically anything. Yeah. <laughs> and so, you know, it doesn't matter if I'm working with a Wall Street CEO or you know, a stay-at-home mom uh, homeschooling eight kids. You know, the fact is, people are scrambling. And then the stay-at-home mom with one kid still feels frantic and scrambling. Everybody feels frantic and feels like they're scrambling from one thing to the other. And that's because we've developed in our culture a mindless mindset. Mm -hmm. And these practices are like a life hack. They're a way to, it's it's a secret weapon to, to, uh, to diminishing that frantic way of living. And basically, you know, by, by setting aside the time up front to practice these exercises, which, you know, you learn from taking this course, uh, you will find a different way to approach the very life that you're living right now in a different way. And you'll find, because you have a different relationship to your mindset in living out your life, that there's actually a lot more time there than you think. And so what I tell people up front is, you know, you're going to have to trust me a little bit on this up front, but start this journey with me. Make the time, even though it's going to be such a huge sacrifice, and it starts off with an eight-minute exercise every day. And then you graduate in week two to a 15-minute exercise. (laughs) And then, you know, you work your way up. If you can't spend 15 minutes a day, then you need to call me and talk. You know, we need to talk about some other issues going on. (laughs) But 15 minutes for yourself, you're worth it. You deserve it. And you should be able to spend that time doing something that's actually nurturing you and helping your brain develop and grow in a way that you can better tackle, uh, you know, all the rest of the stresses in your day. And so you sign up for this course, and uh, you can go to catholicmindfulness.com, and you sign up for this course, and uh, you can start taking it any time, and there's a series of uh, video presentations that will be available to you one week at a time. So you start with week one, and then after a week, week two becomes available, and so on. And 
so there's a, an hour and a half lecture where you, you sit and listen and watch the lecture. And this is actually a recording of a live course that I give here uh, at my office in Connecticut. I've been teaching this course for over a year. And so there's a you know live audience, so there's questions. It's, it's more of an engaged kind of uh, atmosphere. And you're kind of a fly on the wall, uh, you know, participating in this course. And uh, there's also a chat box so you can participate online if you have questions throughout the process. And then uh, also for, with each week, there's the exercise that you listen to every day, uh, the audio recording of a daily exercise. And then there are things called habit disruptors, which are little exercises that you do during your day. For instance, um, finding a normal routine activity like brushing your teeth. And every day, uh, using that as a reminder to practice some mindfulness and using your five senses, engaging in your five senses simply by brushing your teeth. Or it could be making breakfast or preparing dinner. Um, you know, these simple exercises that are routine behaviors that you can try to do a little bit more intentionally and aware of what you're actually doing. And so that's basically it. We progressed through the eight weeks. Uh, yeah, I'm constantly available to, to field questions, to respond to people's concerns or, or experiences throughout the course. Um, and, and there's a real progression of sort of coming alive to the way that our minds work and then learning what to do with that knowledge mm -hmm. and moving towards uh, really developing a better relationship with the way that our minds work and the, and the people that are in our lives. And one of the things that was a, a big selling point for me is just the fact that uh, the, the the courses, the, the classes don't go away, right? I know um, you're doing them live right now on Saturday mornings. And uh, this past Saturday, I mean, the first week was not a problem for me. This past Saturday morning, um, it was, well, family, family. <laughs> life happened, right? Just life happened. And I, I just did not have the opportunity to uh, to, to be there live. But the good news is, is that right afterwards, it was available. All I had to do was log in, and I was able to uh, to watch it. It wasn't it wasn't until actually it was it wasn't until yesterday. So don't tell anybody. But uh, <laughs> I was able to catch up, you know. And, and and so it doesn't go away, right? Once once you uh, are, are in this, it, it doesn't go away. And so it's it's also absolutely. Go ahead. And, and there's there's also a book that I'm writing. Uh, I'm still in the process of writing it, but the chapters are available that correspond to the week. So you get this, uh, the book on Catholic mindfulness at the same time out of this. That's very cool. Very cool. And, you know, I could say from my own experience, it has been, um, you know, for me, I just feel like it's a step in the right direction. You know, it's definitely a step in the right direction. I was very, very intrigued and excited to see the, the different influences um that 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 are part of the the Catholic mindfulness uh, website, right? The the De Casad and, and Brother Lawrence, and you know the present moment. Uh, even the fact that you were with the uh, Franciscan Friars of the Renewal for four years, I did uh, make a little visit to them many many years ago. Uh, so all those things really oh, intrigued me and 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 drew me to it. And I'm um, I'm very excited to be uh, taking the course. I feel like I'm getting a lot out of it so far, and. Um, so again, you want to give the information just so that everybody can uh, will know how to get there and, and what to do. Absolutely, absolutely, and I like to leave on this note too. You know, I especially in scripture, that's really the, the biggest source of of uh, inspiration for this class. And you know, in Matthew six twenty five, Jesus says, "Do not be anxious about the things of your life," and He says, "Look at the way the Father provides." That's basically how we can. That's the key to not being anxious. And as Catholics, we believe very deeply in the words of Christ. When he says, this is my flesh, this is my blood, eat it and drink it, 
unless you, uh, if you don't, you won't have life. We believe that. Well, when Jesus says, do not be anxious about the things of your life, we're like, well, uh, did he really mean that? He didn't that? really mean that. But he, he really meant it. He really meant it. He does not want, it's not only does he not want us to be anxious, he commands us not to be anxious. And we need to trust the Father and make that practical in our life. So you can learn more uh, and you can sign up for the course at catholicmindfulness.com. Um, and you can uh, email me if you have any questions. You can find me at catholicpsych.com. Awesome. Dr. Patero, been a pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us here at The Catholic Foodie. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. Again, a big thank you to Dr. Greg Patero of the Catholic Psych Institute in New York. I, I was really impressed. I mean, they're doing fantastic work, first of all. But secondly, I was really impressed with what he said in the in the in our, the beginning of our uh, conversation, just about how they can't get therapists in fast enough, right? It, it kind of shows you the the world that we're living in today, the one the world that is just uh, is so fast paced, you know. And I, I've said this time and again. Of course, I'm coming at it from a, a philosophical uh, perspective because that's where my background is in philosophy and theology. But looking at it from that perspective. Uh, we, human beings, men and women, we just weren't made to live this kind of life that we're living today. It's just so fast-paced. We can hardly keep up. We can we, we can hardly um, pay attention, <laughs> right, to what's going on around us. And it makes prayer, it makes growing in prayer, it makes growing, I think, even in relationship in general, very difficult because what does relationship demand. In order to grow in a relationship, in order for a relationship to, to grow and to flourish, what has to be there? What do we have to have? You know, we have to have a good intention, first of all, but secondly, we, we have to have time because relationships are not made in microwaves. They're not made on the stovetop, right? A relationship is something that takes time to cultivate. It's more like gardening or cooking even, you know, not, not, not fast food cooking, but uh, the kind of meal that really you want to enjoy, you want to to treasure, to, to cherish, to, to really um, uh, experience completely, right? And that takes time. And that's the one thing, as Dr. Batero said, it's the one thing that we all today seem to say that we don't have, right? We don't have time. So again, I want to encourage you uh, to check out the course, uh, Catholic Mindfulness, or an introduction to Catholic Mindfulness. You'll find that at catholicmindfulness.com. But just just a reminder, a reminder, if you do decide to sign up for this course, I have a link in the show notes over at catholicfoodie.com. Again, it doesn't cost you a penny more to do that, uh, but it's basically like a little thank you to the Catholic Foodie for introducing you to uh, Dr. Patero and to uh, Catholic Mindfulness, where they just kick me back a few pennies, right? It helps the Catholic Foodie out, helps me to keep the mission going here. The fire's going in the oven <laughs> to uh, at the Catholic Foodie. So, uh, again, link in the show notes uh, for that. So glad that you could uh, join me today. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's been so much fun uh, and, and educational. And until next time, bon appetit.